0: I realized that I have a responsibility to show up and speak up and use my voice when when I'm in the boardroom with these nonprofits. And then I also realized that I have a responsibility to hold the door open for more women to follow as well.
1: Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. I'm more than thrilled to introduce a new program that our community has asked for. We are launching the, you belong in the C-suite group coaching program. I've been coaching for over 10 years. And one thing I know is that sometimes you need accountability to make progress. Over the last few weeks, I've had multiple sessions with leaders who know that they need a change. They put so much into their work every day, but they aren't fulfilled. With group coaching, you get an individualized plan to take action on what matters most. And the best part? You get friends to go along the journey with you. You'll learn together, you'll celebrate together. The world needs your leadership. How will you bring it to them? Is it setting concrete boundaries so you can live a more fulfilled life? Is it setting a path for a bigger job at a company that aligns with your values? Learn more at thecatchgroup.com to apply to You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. The world needs more diversity and authenticity. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-Suite. Apply now at thecatchgroup.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Today, I'm so happy to welcome Maddie Kulkarni on the podcast. Maddie is a marketing professional with a passion for purpose-driven marketing, social impact, community engagement, and sustainability. She is a global marketing director at a Fortune 50 company and has been a board member of a number of local nonprofits and teaches marketing at the University of Texas at Dallas. I'm so happy for you to hear my conversation with Maddie. You know, when you meet somebody at work and you immediately click with them, On working style or leadership style. That's what happened when I met Maddie at work in corporate many years ago. We've had the opportunity to partner on things at work and outside of work. And when I think of someone who's truly creating a life based on their values, I think of Maddie. I had to have her on the podcast so that you could see how she's doing it. You'll hear so many great tips and be sure to stay until the end of the podcast on how you can use a tool to create the life you want based on your values. Well, welcome, Maddie. We're so excited to have you on the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for
0: joining us. Thanks for having me, Laura. Got my coffee cup here. I'm so excited to chat with you.
1: I want to tell people how we know each other. So Maddie and I um, used to work together in corporate and we bonded in our um, our shared experience in a mentorship program. And we're just in the same project team it was actually part of my job and if I remember right you were volunteering right
0: <laughs> yes we well I was in the marketing department and we were trying to figure out how do we bring a mentoring program to the department you were in org development yeah and so we were paired together and I remember just instantly loving you I felt like oh, Laura gets me and together we created this vision for a mentoring program that was so much more than, you know, your traditional mentoring program.
1: Yeah, it grew into a mentoring consortium and we brought other mentoring programs together. It was, it was a fun time.
0: It was a fun time. And that's where you introduced me to Lisa Weaver, who is also on your podcast. And do you remember who our keynote speaker was? Oh
1: yeah, Chad Hauser.
0: Chad Hauser. So, for your listeners who don't know, Chad Hauser has a mentoring program for students coming out of like a juvie kind of situation, and he mentors them in the restaurant industry. And at that time, he had pop up restaurants. Now he has actual restaurant restaurant in downtown Dallas.
1: Downtown called um, Cafe Momentum.
0: Called Cafe Momentum. Yeah. How great. fun was it to have him as our keynote speaker?
1: Yeah, he was amazing. That was, a, that was a great consortium. Well, Maddie, can you tell our listeners a little bit more
0: about you? Sure. Um, well, I'm a corporate marketer by day and a passionate nonprofit servant nights and weekends. I'm the founder of Dallas Heroes Project, which helps nonprofits tell their story and expand their reach. Um, I'm also an adjunct professor at the University of Texas at Dallas, where I teach Principles of Marketing, which is the intro course to marketing, but I also started a new course called Social Impact Marketing, so I'm excited to tell you more about that in a little bit. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. I grew up in Texas, did the New York thing for a few years, came back, and yeah, I live here in Dallas, just a few minutes from from you, Laura. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, can you tell us a bit
1: about um, your values? Because you just described lots of different things that you do in and out of work. And so, we talk a lot about values on this podcast. Um, and how do your values drive some of those things that you just described?
0: Sure. Uh, well, I took your values worksheet, uh, homework assignment, and I reflected and I was like, my primary values are around community service. And using my skills to do good. That's everything revolves around those two things. And I try to bring that to work during my day job in corporate America, but also my nonprofit life and my teaching life and every aspect of, of what I'm working on.
1: Do you feel like those, like you said, your corporate life and your other parts of your life, is it separate or is it integrated? How do you feel about that?
0: It is so integrated. So uh, when people talk about balance and you have your work life and your um, life life, for me, I have no idea where one starts and one stops. My mom and sister are on the board of my nonprofit. When I go to interview heroes for my nonprofit work, my mother comes with me. Um, She'll ask some tough questions when we're doing interviews. yeah like everything blends together. It's about your life's work and not life and work as separate things.
1: Ooh, I love that. That's very powerful. your life's work. Yeah. so how you talked a little bit about your skills that you use? How do you know what skills those are? How did you figure those out to use what skills did you decide to use um, in your nonprofit work?
0: Yeah, so I have training as a marketer, and so I realized. With the experience that I've developed working at a Fortune 50 company doing marketing, I have this ability to take ideas and bring them to life in a way that people can understand. And I do them for products that that we sell. But as I started becoming more involved in the Dallas community through nonprofit volunteering, skills-based volunteering with an organization called Social Venture Partners, I was getting exposed to nonprofits in our community and there was a common theme that they needed help when it came to marketing, because a lot of the funding dollars they would receive would be earmarked for programming to go directly into helping the people they were serving, right? And so they didn't want to spend that much on overhead and marketing and these, these admin costs, which totally makes sense. But then I realized I have a skill set here that I could bring to the table and, and help nonprofits get their word out. And I think that's the reason why I became a marketer yeah, to begin with, to bring great ideas to life. Yeah. I think when, when we think about what skills we want to use to make an impact in the world, we just have to look at, okay, well, what does the world need and what are you good at? And you put those two together and then and there you have it.
1: I love it. What's the need and what do you have
0: to serve that need? Exactly. It's
1: very powerful. So tell me more about Dallas Heroes Project.
0: Sure. So when I was volunteering with these nonprofits, um, like I mentioned, I realized there was a need for marketing help. And I thought, well, I'm going to try something where every month I would take a different nonprofit, learn their story and create a marketing campaign for them. And for that month, me and my team at Dallas Heroes Project would be their marketing arm. So we would write about them on our website. We would do a social media campaign for them. We would do a little print media. We would do a holistic 360 campaign with whatever resources we had. And we would be their marketing arm for a month. And then we would do that again the next month and the next month and the next month. And every month we would pick a different topic. So one month we might be talking about mentoring with big brothers, big sisters. One month we might be talking about you know, the the foster care system and teenagers aging out of the system and creating a program for them. Or we might talk about gender rights. We covered so many different topics. And I have had so much fun um, with this, what I thought was an experiment, but created, you know, an organization that does this. And I'm so excited to continue the work um, and I've worked with interns from a lot of the universities in our city who are looking to gain experience in marketing and photojournalism. I have worked with some great photographers in the city to, to help bring the hero stories to life. That's basically what Dallas Heroes Project is about.
1: I love it. It's amplifying the voices and telling the story where they couldn't before.
0: Exactly. And then by telling their story, they're getting the word out so more people can get engaged right? So the more people know about the issues that these heroes are working on, the more people the heroes can help, but it also enables people who are reading their stories to get involved as well.
1: And I love that you created it. Like you saw a need and you built it. And in effect, you created your own nonprofit C-suite position for yourself.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I'm an executive director. Uh, We have a board, Mm -hmm. of my friends who are (laughs) (laughs) equally as passionate about giving back to their community. So uh, one of my friends is a principal at an elementary school. One of my friends is an executive at Southwest Airlines. One of my friends is an executive at Your Cause. So we have a variety of different experiences amongst our our board. I'm not in the C-suite yet at my corporate job, uh, but I've created one in my nonprofit life. That's awesome.
1: And you also mentioned other board service that you've done. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that's different than the work you've done with Dallas Heroes Project?
0: Sure. With Dallas Heroes Project, I'm more hands-on, right? I'm in the weeds. Not only am I leading the board, but I'm also the executive director actually doing the work. Um, As a board member for nonprofits, you're there in advisory capacity so that you are advising the CEO or the executive director on strategic direction for the organization. So where should we be investing our time and resources? How should we be growing the the org, right? Um, And so that experience stemmed from me volunteering with the nonprofits, right? And their team seeing how passionate and how hands-on I was. And I had done this project. This is the the first board experience I had. I'll I'll tell you how that started. I was helping a children's advocacy organization with their branding, with their brand identity and their marketing plans. It was a six month engagement. And once it finished, I was asked to, to join their board. And I remember being so shocked at the time because I didn't see myself as someone who would be sitting on a nonprofit board at this stage in my life, I thought it was something that you did when you retired, mm. that you had already had your career. I thought you had to be an old white man. to, to <laughs> be, um, And that's who sat on nonprofit boards. And I was wrong. I also realized that nonprofits in our community have been trying to build more diversity into their board. One of my friends likes to say that I'm the trifecta right now because I'm a female person of color and a millennial. So I hit a lot of those diversity checkboxes, <laughs> um, but I'm okay with that. I will fill the quota and I am here for it. So I realize that I have a responsibility to show up and speak up and use my voice when, when I'm in the boardroom with these nonprofits. And then I also realized that I have a responsibility to hold the door open for m- more women to follow as well, so that we can, we can build a more diverse group of people who, who work on our nonprofit boards.
1: And how can you tangibly do that? Do you have an
0: example of that you can share? Sure. So I just rolled off a board. We, we had started it because there was this nonprofit we were um, working at and we were creating a social impact or social enterprise arm of the nonprofit and there was just four of us board members when we started. So I was just one of four. So that ratio seemed okay when I was the only female. But then after a few years, I was still like one of eight board members that were all white male and me. And I realized that, wow, okay, so, I, so I'm so i in the room right now, but I also have to, to open the door for, for others to follow. And... The men were so gracious It's so welcoming to the idea that I had to let one of my students come in and shadow and sit in on the board meeting to see what it's like. So I had a, uh, a female student in my class who I knew had passion for the non- nonprofit space. And so I invited her in because I wanted her to, to see what the conversation was and to demystify mm-hmm. what someone thought happened in a boardroom so that when she was ready in her professional life to take that step, she would feel confident that she could do it too. So um, I remember thinking, okay, I'm here, what should I be doing now to, to open the door for other women? And it, it took me a minute to, to reflect and to, to figure out how to go about this, but the, the other board members were so receptive of the idea and so welcoming to the idea Um, to me and my student to do this.
1: And you, and it seemed like a kind of a daunting task, but really it was kind of an easy, an easy thing. Bring her along.
0: It was so easy. I just asked the board members, they wholeheartedly said, yes, she came, she watched, she loved it. Like, and that was it, you know? Um, And I think we could do more things like that. Easy wins that don't require a lot, but can mean so much.
1: And I, I love that you're doing that. The other thing I have, I have another question, if it's okay for your board service, what part of that, what kind of critical experience there were you then able, or have you been able to then kind of bring back into your corporate job? And did that happen for you?
0: Yeah, well, with the first board experience that I had, uh, I learned so much about advocacy work. So I was working with a nonprofit who did children's advocacy when it came to health and nutrition and child trafficking. And before that experience, I had no idea what advocacy even meant. That's not something that I studied or was exposed to. Uh, So with that board, I went to Austin, to our state legislature, to advocate for some of the policies that that we were um, hoping to implement within Texas. And that experience and advocacy then, I was able to bring to my corporate life because I had just recently taken on a role as a global marketer to transform our portfolio. So we would be making healthier offerings to our consumers. And that required a lot of government interaction as well, um, and a lot of advocacy work. So my experience in the nonprofit sector prepared me for those conversations in my corporate life.
1: I love that because sometimes like just like what you mentioned before, it, it, it was what need can you fill with the skills that you already have for nonprofit? Mm-hmm. Then the inverse happened. You picked up a skill in nonprofit and then helped build your career. Exactly. Which was, it feels like it's even now your career is even more values based than it was
0: before. Is that safe to assume? Definitely. So a few years ago, Purpose-driven marketing didn't exist in the corporate space. There might be trickles of it with organizations like Ben & Jerry's taking on purpose and activism, right? And they were primarily these niche brands, Ben & Jerry's, Tom Shoes, Warby Parkers of the world, right? But our massive corporates weren't, weren't doing this yet. And at that time, I still had passion for this space. And so I had started a newsletter called The Sustainability Second at Work. And I had just sent it to a few of the marketing friends that I had and my director. And then the CMO got the email in his (laughs) inbox. And he's like, Maddie, this is great. I want you to add all of our global marketing leads to your distribution list. But basically, it was an email that you could read in 60 Seconds that talked about one brand taking on sustainability issues. Now with consumer activism on the rise, where people want to know what their brands stand for, they want to know what the brands are doing for the planet and for people. Now my organization is ripe to do purpose-driven marketing and sustainability marketing. And so when that part of the marketing department was getting built, it was so natural for me to be in that position and that's how it came about. So that's how I'm leading sustainability and purpose now at my company.
1: And I, and I love that you, you started before you, before your company was ready because you valued it and you thought that you could provide value in that way, just with an email. That's great.
0: Just with the weekly email that someone can read in less than 60 seconds. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: So what advice do you have for others who want to share their skills outside their job or do what you did, kind of bring those skills into their job? How would they go about doing any of that?
0: I think it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning is to understand what you have to offer, right? What are those skills that you're good at? And then figure out what the world needs, put those two together, and, and then you'll have something where you you can bring your skills um, to do good in the world. Um, There's also this triangle framework that I use. Um, It's kind of like a vision board, but much simpler. At every point in the triangle, um, you write personal, professional, and community. And you think about, okay, what are those two to three goals that you wanna accomplish that year or work towards that address those parts of your life? Um, and I've been doing it for a few years. I actually learned it at the job and I, and I don't remember who taught it to me, but I've been doing it for years now. And then I, it's like this picture that I have that I keep in my closet. So when I'm getting ready for the day, I could see it right there. And it can remind me of, okay, what are the things that I'm working on that align my values in those buckets of personal, professional, and community?
1: That's great. I love that tip. And you also mentioned that you're also teaching now. Can you tell me a little bit more about what drew you to even start doing that and what value is that fulfilling for you?
0: Well, my mom is a teacher and my mom was a teacher. My grandfather was a teacher. My aunts taught. And a few years ago, my mom was like, I think you should get into teaching. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. And again, I thought this is something that you do when you retire, yeah, um, and it just wasn't top of mind for me. And just like, no, I think I think just put your resume out there. And so I had applied, and the resume went into probably a black hole um, <laughs> online, and then I never heard back from any of the universities in Dallas. But as I was doing my Dallas Heroes Project work, um, I was thinking that you know perhaps some students might want some real world experience doing some service learning with the nonprofits and and helping me do the marketing um, for these organizations. And so I had reached out to University of Texas at Dallas's undergraduate uh, marketing head. She's like, yes, Maddie, come in and and talk to the students about what you're doing. Um, And then five of her students signed up to work with me for a semester. And so they got course credit. They learned, um, you know, a new skill set. And at the end of the semester, I Uh, went back to the program head and gave her feedback on how I think, how I thought the students performed and where I thought we could evolve the intern program. And she's like, well, Maddie, actually, how would you feel about teaching a professional development course here? And so I thought, Hmm, I don't know. Maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, I don't know. But then she said, well, how about you teach principles of marketing And that just lit me up. I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I want to do. And that just felt so right to me. And so I've been teaching the principles of marketing course, and it has been such a joy. I absolutely love it. I'll show you how my values show up in in the classroom. So the students know I have passion for sustainability and purpose. And so they have a group assignment Mm -hmm. where they have to build a marketing plan throughout the semester. And in their plans, they've started including sustainability and purpose into how they're, they're building out their plans. So one example is a team that took on Disney and their product innovation that they were doing um, for their group project was a Disney restaurant experience. And within their, their program ideas, they created this way for there to be zero food waste at the restaurant. Um, because they knew, you know, food waste is such a salient topic right now in our society. Uh, one team had a project they were doing with Home Depot, and their idea was to create these homes that would be branded Home Depot homes, but they would be used with recycled material and reclaimed wood. And so I'm, I get so excited when I see our, you know, our younger generation now embedding sustainability and purpose into how they're innovating so the program uh, director also knew i had a passion for the nonprofit space and she had this idea to create a social impact marketing course and she's like maddie do you want to co-write this course with me i was like yes this is my jam this is what i love to Mm -hmm. do and i think something came up and she's like okay i can't do it anymore but you're on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, okay, so I wrote the course, we launched it, it was so much fun, but the students basically have an opportunity to work with a nonprofit in the city, um, use their marketing skills for good, and get course credit, but they also get their 100 hours of community service requirement taken care of through the course, so our business students re- are required to do community service to graduate which is something that I love, that the Jindal School of Management requires. Um, But my course offers that as well. So another place where values are showing up.
1: I love it. And it truly does feel integrated, all of it. Like you said before, it's your life's work, not life and work.
0: Exactly, exactly. So is teaching life or work? I I don't know how I would classify it. (laughs) It sounds like fun. It sounds like fun, it is fun, definitely. (laughs) I do this thing where when the students ask for extra credit, I make them do um, an analysis of a campaign that they found impactful. And usually they're campaigns I haven't heard of. And so that helps me as a corporate marketer to learn about what's resonating with the Gen Z audience. So there's learning happening in both directions. I love that too.
1: (laughs) That's great. Well, Maddie, I just, I just love your story because you are, you're a really great example of, you know, you don't have to wait. Like you, like we have this idea of, okay, I want to do this when I want to do this when, and I did that in my career. Oh, I'm going to do a coaching company. Yes. You know, when I'm, when I'm done with my corporate career, but you can do these things now. And your, your voice is needed in these spaces now. And I think you're just such a great example of how you're showing up, not only at work, but you're showing up teaching, you're showing up at, in board service on nonprofits, you're creating your own nonprofit. And for some, it might be like, oh my gosh, how can I do all of that? And I would say you probably don't have to do all of that, but I think you're just a shining example of, you can do one thing, you can do many things, but you can do it now.
0: Yes, why wait, just do it now, you can do it all now. now.
1: And I think you've just provided so, so much value to our audience on examples of how they can do that and live their values both at work, outside of work, and just integrate it into a a life of values. So I really thank you today for, for being here. And I'm just honored to know you and I'm so happy that we can support each other.
0: Same here. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's been a fun conversation. Awesome. Thank
1: you so much, Maddie. Thanks, Laura. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you got to hear that conversation. She's truly an inspiring leader, creating the life she wants based on her values and serving others creating a nonprofit, creating space for women to follow behind her and creating impact in work and life. Really her life's work. After our conversation, Maddie and I thought about a call to action for this audience. Remember the triangle method that she used to figure out how to make a difference at each corner of the triangle, you put professional, personal, and community. We thought a great addition to that would be to layer on your values to the triangle. For example, my values of development show up in the professional corner of my triangle. My value of balance shows up in the personal corner of my triangle. And my value of advocacy shows up in the community side of my triangle. You can see how your values show up in these different aspects of your life and which one you might want to take action on. If you don't know what your values are, remember you can download our free values worksheet at thecatchgroup.com. I hope this was as fun of an episode for you as it was for us. You can follow Maddie on Instagram. And if you know of a social impact organization or nonprofit organization that could use marketing help, please connect with Maddie and we'll put her contact information in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of our community. Remember the world needs your leadership you belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea, not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a show. Editing and support for this podcast is from SNE Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.